Amen. Good evening. All right. Taste and see. Psalm 34, 8, right? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. So tonight I want to, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm so thankful again for this, this church. Again, I'm thankful for, uh, again, the blessing it is that, uh, that we have access to this building. Amen. You know, again, we know the church isn't the building, but it's the body. But, uh, when, when, when I speak about access to this building, you understand that what I'm speaking about is that we're able to, we're able to come in and out. We're able to, to worship freely, to congregate. And, uh, and then this is our church, you know, if, if, you know, the public has access to come in and out as long as we're here. And then that's the way that we've designed it. But, uh, you know, when I go to work tomorrow with the post office, you know, when I get to the building, I'm going to go and then the, the door isn't necessarily open like that one. There's a, there's a code that has to be put into the door. Every door has different codes. And, you know, because I'm a, I'm a member of the post office, I have, I have the codes and so I have access into the building. But even when you get into the building, if I go to, uh, let's say the postmaster, my boss's office, there's a code to his door. Uh, I don't know it. I don't have access to his office because, well, I'm not the postmaster. Know what I want to. But, you know, and so, what, what a, I want to talk about tonight is what, what a privilege it is, uh, for us as believers in the Lord, uh, that, that we have access to the one who spoke everything to everything into existence in six days. We have access to the one that is all powerful. We have access to the one that uh, is everywhere, that knows everything. We have access to, to uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We have access to the God of this Bible. And, and, and what a privilege it is. Amen. I, I, we all know it, it is a privilege that we have. But we know that it was not always so. And so again, tonight I just want to talk about uh, the accessibility uh, that we have as, as believers to the Lord. And, and might we use that accessibility right now. Father God, we come to you this evening. And, and Lord, I, uh, God, I need you. Father God, I can't do uh, anything good in my own strength, Father God. And so again, empty me. Uh, Lord, cleanse me. Fill me. And uh, Lord, uh, be glorified this night, Father God, through your servant. Uh, get me out of the way. Lord, uh, help me to know what to say and what not to say. Give me clarity of thought. And uh, again, bless this message. Might we leave having met with you, Father God. And we just thank you again for the access that we have into your throne room, Father God. And again, through the, the blood of Jesus Christ. And so again, bless this evening. We thank you for it. And I pray for uh, Gail's cousins. Again, might they continue to be chewing on the words that they heard today, Lord. And uh, again, convict them and might they be saved, Lord, please. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so again, so we know that as, as, as believers that we have this access to God. And we know, we know that in the Old Testament that, that this was not the case, right? We know that, that in the Old Testament we think about, uh, let's be about Moses, you know, and, and when, when they, they were led out of Israel and they were brought before Sinai and the, the thunderings on the mountain, you know, and we, you know, we know God said that if, if them or if any sort of cattle or anything touches the mountain, you're dead, you know, and so the people were more than happy to have Moses be their mediator in between them, right? Moses was, was the middleman between God and the people at the time. And so it was, it was fearful to them 
It was fearful to them. We think about when God gave them uh, the many, many details, you know, to the uh, to the tabernacle, you know, that they had as they wandered the wilderness. And it was just, again, the, the details that God gave to them for 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 the construction of this tent, you know, it, it was so detailed and everything had to be followed to the 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 the, the, the every dot and tittle literally. But uh we know that through this, right, we know that the way that, that God worked was through the, the offering of animals, right? The offering of, of sacrifices. And we know that the priest Aaron would would or, or the priest the, the the line of Aaron, the, the Levite, they would offer these sacrifices for the people, right? To to atone for the sins. Uh, we know that as, you know, as the, we think about the, the day of atonement, right? In Leviticus 16, it speaks about it. We know that, uh, Aaron would offer, offer a, uh, sacrifice for his own sin offering, right? He would take that blood. He would go in behind the veil. He would offer it for himself. He would come out. He, then they had the other two goats, you know, the one that would be determined to be, uh, the sin offering that he would offer for the people. Then he would offer that one. He would go behind the veil again and offer the, uh, the, uh, offering for the people. I didn't realize that they actually went behind it twice. Once for himself and then again for the people. And then also the other goat was the scapegoat, right? We know after he would come out, he would lay his hands upon this goat, uh, symbolizing the laying, uh, of the, of the sins, which he would confess. And they would send this goat out into the wilderness. And so this, this happened yearly. We know that the sacrifices were, uh, daily. But we also know that, that these, that these, the, these animals that were offered as sacrifices, we know that they, they weren't the, they never, uh, forgave sin, right? It was a remission of sin, the covering in a way, like, like a band-aid again, because it was constantly done. We think about, again, that, uh, that day of atonement, you know, where, where the high priest would go behind this veil, and we know we've got the, we've got the, 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 the holy part of the tabernacle, and we've got the most holy, right? Again, we know what was behind there, we knew that it was the, we had the Ark of the Covenant, we had the cherubims, you know, and upon that was the mercy seat where the blood would be sprinkled. And we think about the, uh, the high priest and stuff that would go, have to go back there, and, I don't, I don't think that day was very full. They didn't look forward to it all that much because we know that if they went back there and they weren't right with God, that they would drop dead. You know, the, the, the garment that the priest would cut on, you know, have bells at the bottom of the garment, you know, so they could hear and, uh, you know, if, if the bells, if the bells stopped ringing, you know, they talk about the, the rope that was tied to the leg, you know, to, to pull them out. I don't think it says that in the scripture, but, uh, you know, I don't want to be the backup priest to have to go in there if something happens. It, it was a fearful thing, you know. And, and uh, but this is the way that God, the first covenant that that God had with the people that it was set up, you know. And so they, we know that they they strove to keep the law, right? That's that's what it was all about. It was, you know, that they strove to keep. They were under the law, right? They were, and as they were under the law, they were continuing uh, to look for this Messiah that was to come. You know, to bring the new covenant, right? And, uh, um, Ezekiel, right? When it speaks of taking the heart of stone and making it a heart of flesh and such. You know, and so we've got, we've got the old, the old system of sacrifice. And, and it wasn't, if I was a, a Jew, more or less, you know, we know that I couldn't go to God. We had to go through a priest, right? And the priest would make that sacrifice. You know, we would think of, uh, the temple as well. 
you know, and moving on from the uh, the tabernacle up to the temple that Solomon built and, and Herod, the king, went in the second uh, uh, return from exile. But, uh, you know, we know that there was a portion where the, where the, the non-Jews were allowed to go to, right? And there was a small wall that divided it. And I heard where they said that they've actually found the plaques where... You know, if you're a non-Jew and you go past this wall, you, you you know, you're taking your life into your own hands, you know, and then we, the women could go a little further and then the men a little further and, and then the, the you know, the, the actual priest of the, the tribe, uh, the, from the tribe of Levi, they could go the furthest, well, further and then we know the high priest was the one who would go the furthest. But again, it's like continually drawing a little, a little closer to God, but it, it was, again, Restricted access, right? Restricted access to God. And uh, we think of the veil, uh, in, uh, you know, and again, it, it's spoken of in uh, Leviticus 16 as well, Exodus 26 as well. You know, in this veil, we know that it wasn't like the, the lacy veil that a bride wears. You know, we know that it was thick. It was real thick. You couldn't see through it. Made of uh, purples and reds and blues. And, and uh, again, you couldn't. You weren't allowed to have access to that other side of that veil. It, it was it was the divider, you know, between the most holy place and the holy place, the place where God resided. And so then, then comes Jesus, right? Then comes Jesus, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You know, and as they, as Jesus comes, any any. You know, he, he's, he, he starts his, before he starts his ministry, again, you know, the, the one picture that we have of Christ in his youth, you know, where, where do we find him? But in the temple, you know, the disputing, uh, answering questions, asking questions, and they were astonished, you know, at his, uh, at his, uh, knowledge. You know, but, but Jesus comes in, uh, you know, Jesus says such things like in, in John, uh, 219, he says, uh, uh, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. You know, we know that, we know, you know, that he wasn't, he was talking about his body, you know, not the physical, not the literal temple, but again, you know, they used all these things against him as blasphemy, you know, and so Jesus came and he had his ministry and he lived and, 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 and his hour came, you know, Jesus' hour came, you know, and we, we know what Christ endured, we, we know that, uh, actually, we know, but we don't know. And he came and, and, and he died. He died on the cross for us, for each one of us here. You know, and then we have the, one of the last statements of Christ, uh, to tell us that, right? It is finished, right? The word like, uh, that an artist would use at the completion of a, of a, of a, a painting, you know, or, or, uh, you know, someone, uh, a musician writing a song or something like that. It is, it is finished. Right? Christ, uh, the Lamb of God came and accomplished what he had come to do. And I just love what it says in Matthew 27. Matthew 27 verse 51 it says this. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. It also says in, in another account is in Mark 15 verse 38. It says, in the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And I find, I find myself thinking about this all the time. I mean, this is, what a picture 
this is for us here. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there was people in the temple, but that most holy place that nobody had access to, right? We know that the, the high priest went in there with the blood, right? You know, we know that the uh, remission of, that it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away the sins, you know? But that veil was torn in that most holy place where we had no access, that we had no ability to go to. The, the red carpet has now been laid out for us to enter into the most holy place through the blood of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished for us on the cross. And I just, I, I love it. You know, I, I heard people talk about the veil and we know it was thick. Again, you know, when I heard people say that, you know, they, you couldn't have cut it with a, a sword. It was that thick. And I'm not doubting that, but it's not in the Bible. But this veil, again, I, it was torn from top to bottom. It was made, it, you couldn't see through it. It was huge. And I, I truly believe that it was only God was the only one that could have removed that veil. It was only God that had made the way through the veil, right? That song that we sang, we sung just the last week, I think. And so God has made the way, right? God is now approachable. God is now approachable. We, we are able to come to God and, and we're able to come to God like a son to his daddy, you know? So the Christian... We, we are able to come into the throne room of God and he desires us to come and he wants us to come into his presence and, 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 and have all that he has given to us. It's there. We just have to go into that most holy place which, which, the old, which, has, which was closed for so long and has been revealed. And so... Access, right? We have access. The word, uh, uh, if you got, I love my concordance. In the Greek, in your concordance, the number is uh, 4318. I should have brought my phone, the blue letter Bible. I could have had the word said. You know, I'm not even going to try to say it. <laughs> There's the number, 4318. But that word access is used three times in the New Testament. And it's this. It's a, it's a leading or a bringing into the presence of. Uh, the freedom to enter through another. And so let's say that... Ed's the big, Ed's a big CEO of a company. He's good as Harley out there. You know, Ed, Ed's a part owner of Harley. And, uh, Brian, Brian is this, uh, you know, low guy, you know, but, but he's, he, he's designed this amazing, uh, I don't know, whatever for, for motorcycles. And he knows that it would be such a benefit to Ed and his company and the bikes. But the problem is Ed's secretary is, is such a, you know, he can't get to Ed. He, Brian is doing all that he can. He's trying to hang out at the donut shop that Ed goes to, you know, to, to get to him. But he doesn't have access to Ed, you know. But, you know, but Brian knows Wayne. And, you know, Wayne and, Wayne and Ed play golf on Sundays, you know. And so, and so again, so hope, again, you know, the picture, you know. Wayne takes Brian to the golf course, you know, where they're getting ready to tee off. And he's like, Ed, you know, I don't do this often, but... Trust me, listen to what Brian has to say. You know, it's, it's good. It, you know, again, um, I, you know, 
take it from me, right? I'm not just going to bring uh, crazy Brian who's trying to, uh, you know, sell something. You know, it's going to be a benefit. And so, again, the whole point is he was brought through another. You know, and again, and that's us. We're, we're, we're brought to Christ. We're brought to God through another. You know, again, we're brought there through Christ and what he accomplished for us on the cross. And so that's that word access. Again, the, the freedom to enter through another. And so I want to just look at the, the three verses where this word access is used. The first one is in Romans. Romans chapter 5. The book of Romans is so awesome. You know, and again, so as we start, you know, in Romans 3, you know, several verses come out of Romans 3 for the Romans from the Romans road. You know, just the, uh, there is none righteous, no, not one, right? You know, we know that uh, as we get into uh, chapter 4, it starts to talk about uh, the faith, right? Uh, my Bible speaks of uh, Abraham saved by faith. And so as chapter 5 starts, in chapter 5, uh, verse 1, it says this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so as we look at that verse 1, I mean, therefore, you know, if it says that, what is it there for? Again, that's why it's important just to go back and, and, and see what it has. You know, again, we know that Paul was speaking that, you know, circumcision, uncircumcision, it, it, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. We're, we're all guilty, you know? And again, again, so now in verse 5, we're speaking about the, the results of being justified by faith, right? Being justified by faith, right? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? We have, we have peace with God, you know, that we, when we have the peace with God, we're able to have the peace of God in our lives as well, right? You know, John 14, 27, it says there, right, Christ said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know, and so we have, we're justified through Christ. Again, that, that access, the, the red carpet that's just rolled out into that most holy place. We are given access there through Christ, you know, and uh, we're justified by whom we have access by faith. Right? Again, it's into this grace wherein we stand. <laughs> you know, I, it has nothing to do with me, it has nothing to do with you, right? I'm standing in Christ, right? We are standing in Christ. We're speaking in verse 2, you know, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, right? Praise the Lord that, that, we, that we're able to stand in, in Christ's finished work on the cross, right? And, re, and rejoice, right? We, we, when you stop and think about it, how do we not rejoice? In what Christ has done for us, right? We, we're justified by faith. Uh, by faith. We just have to believe. I mean, it costs God everything. To give us everything. You know, Christ has it all for us. And so, you know, we, we stand in Christ. You know, again, you know, we, we rejoice in hope. You know, the hope of the glory of God. What we get to look forward to. You know, again, I feel like I always keep coming back to this verse, John fifteen sixteen. you know, where, where Jesus said, you know, you did not choose me, but I chose you. 
You know, and ordained you, they should go forth and bring food. God chose you to be to be part of His family. You know, God has chosen you and has given you and me the access to come to Him, right by faith, right through Christ, right through the Holy Spirit. We're going to get there in a second. And so Christ has He has chosen us, and and in His and we rejoice in the hope. We uh, uh, heard this verse last year at the Carnet Banquet, and I love it, in Hebrews 6.19. And this actually speaks about where Rhode Island kind of got our flag with the anchor, right? Hebrews 6.19, it says, which hope we have, right? We have this hope, not past tense, present tense. We have this hope as an anchor of the soul, right? Both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. Right? Christ is our anchor. You know, the picture of the ship. You know, he's our anchor that, that holds us steadfast. You know, the, 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 the anchor is, you know, the, the, the boat holds the anchor. You know, but it's really, you know, vice versa as well. The anchor holds the boat. I mean, if, if the, if the anchor is on the boat, it's not really doing its job. Right? The anchor, you know, when, when, when storms come, you drop the anchor, it holds you in place. It keeps you still. It keeps you grounded. You know, and, and Christ is our hope. And so we have uh, we have that there in, in Romans 5, verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Praise the Lord. Uh, and the next one, and they're, they're almost together, is the book of Ephesians. So let's turn over to Ephesians 2. You know, so some of the... Some of the, some of the letters that Paul wrote are just so rich. I find that there's certain books in my Bible that just get marked up so quick. And is this not one? The book of Ephesians is so good. The verse is 18, but I don't want to, I'll read it first. In verse 18 of chapter 2, it says this of Ephesians. For through him, speaking of Christ, we have both access by one spirit unto the Father. But if we can, let's turn back to uh, uh, verse 12, please, of that chapter. And we're just going to read down just because it, it all ties in. It says this in verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world, right? You're in the world, you don't have God, you have no hope, right? With God, we have hope. Amen, right? Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ, right? Amen. For he hath, for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down that middle wall of partition between us. Verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law, commandments contained in ordinances, for to make it himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Verse 16, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. For through him we have both access by one spirit unto the Father. You know, and so he's speaking about, you know, those that had no help. But but Christ has brought those that were far off nigh. You know, I, I think of those in the temple that were restricted. I think of us all here as Gentiles. Praise the Lord, you know, I, uh, uh, the, the mystery, right, that that it was, you know, that, that God say there is no difference between Jew or, or Greek, 
You know, we are all just one family, those that put their faith and trust in Christ. And, and this is the way that he planned it. This is the way that it's been from the beginning. And so in Ephesians 3, uh, Ephesians 2.18, right? For through him, for through Christ, we have both access by one spirit unto the Father, right? We have access to the Father, right? By the Son, through the Holy Spirit. And then I want to jump down to verse 22. It says in this, it says, In whom ye are also builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Right? Again, and so we, we have access to God by the Son through the Spirit. We know that when we're saved, the Holy Ghost comes to live within us. And again, it says that we, we are a habitation of God. You know, God, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And so we have access to the Father by the Son through the Spirit. Let me just turn to Hebrews 9. Again, I, I couldn't stop. There is so much in Hebrews that just goes all along with this. But again, I just want to touch on a couple of verses here in chapter 9 if we can. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12, it says, it says this, you know, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, you know, we're speaking about Jesus Christ here, he entered in once into the holy place. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. Amen, right? I, I was saying earlier at my, uh, my Nana's service last week where I, I, I really had, I thought that the, the father did a, I was, I thought he spoke according to what the scripture says. But the only thing I was saying that I had a, a, a quarrel with a little bit is again is when they, they do the communion. They believe that the, the bread becomes the literal body of Christ again. And, and, and if that's the case, you know, it's it's being offered over again and again. We know that's not scriptural. It says it right here, right? Neither by blood by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once. Right? It's not a, a continual offering of Christ. Christ offered himself once for the sin of the world. And hath and once in the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Uh, let me just touch on verse twenty-four again. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures, which are the figures of the tr- of the true, but into heaven itself, now appearing in the presence of God for us. Amen. Right, God. God appears before us. We know that God, uh, He is our advocate before the Father. But again, again, Christ entered into that place again. Now we're not speaking right, not into that place of hands, right? But into heaven itself, right? Appearing before the Father for us. Verse twenty six, you know, it says, "For then must he often have, uh, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end." Of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice himself. Again, not the constant, not the old, the old testament, the old covenant way that he made before them, because that was, that was all pointing to Christ. There was no forgiveness of sins then. Again, it was, it was the covering. It was all pointing to the lamb that was to come that would take away sins. And then verse 28, uh, again, for, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Amen. You know, and so we have access. We have access to the Father through the Spirit. And then as we continue on there in uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 2. 
when you go down to start going down into chapter three, you know, Paul starts uh, talking about uh, the revelation of Christ that was made known to him. In verse six, it says that you know that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel. You know that you know again, it's not just the Jew; it's the Greek. You know, and so. He says, whereof, you know, verse 7, I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God uh, given unto me by the effectual workings of his power. You know, verse 9, it speaks of these things that were, were hidden from the, since the beginning of time. But in verse 12 is, is this third time that word access is used. And it says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Right, by, by, through Christ. That's what's speaking of that. We have boldness in Christ. We have accident, access with confidence through Christ. And so, we have boldness to come into the throne of, we have boldness to come with confidence into that holy place. And, and it's not the boldness where, where we come in flippantly. I'm I'm so guilty of that so often in my prayer life, right? Get up in the morning, what do we do? We pray. I mean, but is our heart in it or does it not even reach the ceiling, right? We're, we're not to come with our chest puffed out, you know, but we're to come humbly. We're to come and realize that how how fortunate we are to be able to come into the presence of God. And might he be be made so big. And might we just be small. And, and might we literally crawl into his throne room. But realize that. God has. Through Christ. We're able to come into the throne room. And so humbly. Yet boldly. You know Christ. We're to come to God. We're to come to God with, 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 with confidence, right? Knowing that, that Jesus, you know, says, you know, I will give you whatever you ask in my name, you know? And again, we know that's, you know, is if we are, if we are, I just totally drew a blank where I was going with that. You know, but if we're, if we're, if we're seeking to live for Christ and to live for Christ and, and we're going to want what he wants. And so he's going to give us those things to, to, to glorify himself, you know, and so in verse 12, again, whom we have boldness and access with confidence, again, by the faith of what Christ has accomplished for us. Again, back to Hebrews, please. So chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and in verse 14, it says this. Seeing then that we have a great high priest... Right? Jesus Christ is our high priest. I, I skipped over all that. I'm sorry. Right? We know, we, 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 you know, we know that in chapter 7 it speaks of, uh, you know, he is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Right? We know he appears in, uh, Genesis 14. Uh, you know, from Abraham and Abraham gives him a tenth of the, of the spoils and it says that, that, that Melchizedek blesses him as well. I mean, And it says that he, he is of that lineage, and we know that it says that Melchizedek had no, no beginning, no, no, no mom or no dad, no nothing. You know, but again, in that, that, that Christ was that whole, that whole line there, you know, but Christ has been made our high priest. 
He has made our high priest, that is, passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Verse 15, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was with all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Right, that's what I kind of spoke about uh, the last month when I filled in for John. You know, we're looking at at Christ in Philippians 2, right? The uh, Christ had to... In order to redeem us, he had to take upon flesh, you know, and he was the, the God man. And, and, and that's how, you know, you know, he had, he was able to save us and, and, and live that perfect life that we could not live and, and paid a debt that we could never pay. You know, and he did this for us. And, and now, because of his great love, we have access to the Father. And then verse Hebrews 4.16, we, we, I love this verse as well. And, and it says, let us therefore, again, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, right? That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Again, God is, he, he's, call, he's, he's calling us to come boldly to him. The way has been made. It has nothing to do with us, right? We're under the new covenant now through Christ, uh, uh, by faith, you know, through grace and what he has accomplished, you know, and so how are we able to, to come into this presence of God? Well, we know it's through prayer, right? We were able to come through prayer. God has given us the model of prayer, right? Matthew 6, you know, the Lord's Prayer. No, that's John 17. But, uh, you know, he's given us that model to, to, to pray by. I mean, we can pray verbatim, but I, everything, it's the template, right? The template to pray is that Matthew 6 prayer, you know? And so we all know what prayer is. We know, most of us, we know how to pray or, or we know how to sound like we know how to pray at least, right? I mean, again, I mean, what's the, I, I don't want to be that, eloquent man that prays, you know, with, with the, the praise God, you know, that I'm not like, uh, like these folks, you know, I want to be that publican that can't raise their eyes, that beats their chest and says, have mercy upon me, Lord, a sinner. You know, we all know how to pray and, but we have been given accessibility to God. And again, and I am convicted of my prayerlessness. Again, or my, or my empty words that go nowhere. And a lot of this, a lot of this started on me, uh, <clears throat> uh, well, a couple months ago when we watched that video of the, uh, the, the lawyer that we were speaking about fasting. You know, and, uh, uh, praise the Lord for that message, you know, but, uh, we have this access to God through prayer and how often we just neglect it. How often do do we really take prayer for what it is? I mean, Jesus was always praying to the Father, right? I mean, God, this is this is the house of prayer that, that God has given to us. I mean, how often is it that we use prayer as our last resort when it needs to be our first response? Not you know a lot a lot of uh, plumbers whatever it is you know no no job too big or too small God same thing no problem too big or too small come to me with it don't handle it in your own strength you're gonna screw it up right 
You know? God, God knows. He's got it. His timing is perfect. Bring it to God. Leave it there. Trust in Him. And taste and see how good God is. You know, trust in Him. And so again, you know, we, we look at Old Testament uh, uh, prophets and, and just uh, the prayer. How about the prayer life of Daniel, right? Right? They were able to get him because they knew that Daniel prayed three times a day with the windows open. You know, Daniel had a prayer life with God. We think of, of David in the Psalms and just pouring out his heart before God. Right? You know, we all know Psalm 55, 17. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry, you know, to the Lord and you will hear my voice. Uh, you know, we think of, you can pray anywhere. I mean, Jonah prayed from the belly of the fish. Peter prayed as he was singing, Lord save me. Nehemiah, I love it when Nehemiah was gonna come before the king. You know, and, and, and it's tough to, you know, if, if you don't really look at it, you know, it, you, you would think that, that, uh, Nehemiah realized the city was in ruins. He was burdened about it. And then the next day, the, the, you know, the king was like, why is your countenance so sad? When you look at the months that are given there, it was like a four to a five month period of time. And I imagine that Nehemiah labored in prayer over this. You know, and because he did, uh, you know, I believe that God probably gave him the door to be able to go back and accomplish what he was able to accomplish. But it starts with prayer. There were so many examples of prayer that have been given to us. And so, we have such privileges under this new covenant. Through Christ, what he has accomplished for his church, right? The, the, the pillar and ground of the truth. And uh, might we, uh, uh, the other night at the Care, CareNet banquet, we're leaving, and uh, I'm looking around from, from some people from Naughty Oak. You know, I figured Justin or stuff was going to be there. But I was talking to Nicole, they were having a 24-hour prayer vigil or uh, praying all night or something. No doubt I imagined that it was for the meetings and stuff that with Portsmouth and Providence and Coventry. But it just told me that Pastor Chris realizes the importance of prayer for for God to do what he can do through the people at those meetings. You know, that that's just what I thought. I said, there, there's a church there that realizes the need and the power in prayer. I think they had that, that prayer, there's that prayer vigil up in Providence, right? That Nehemiah one where they pray for 24 hours or, or whatever it is. But the power of prayer, the, the ability that we have to come to the Father in the name of Christ and, and just... Uh, how often we don't. Or how often we, we just, we go through the motions. I tell you, you know, I was praying pretty fervent today, knowing I had to preach tonight compared to last Sunday, realizing we had the love feast and I had an extra week of preparation. You know what I mean? Our flesh, I, 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 I said, oh, I got time now. Man, let me watch the football game. But today, this afternoon, no. You know, I find my I find myself very burdened. You know, some tears coming. You know, and, and but but that's where God wants us to go to Him at to realize our, our weakness and our and our need and, and and the way is there and we just don't use it. I don't use it. I don't use it. Let's turn to Hebrews ten, please. Hebrews 10. 
Again, I'm going to close with these verses here. God has, God has made the way. Jesus was the veil. Where is that verse? But Jesus was that veil. Amen, right? He was, he was that division between us and God, and he has made that way. And so Hebrews 10, I want to read, uh, verse 19, please. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by, Je- uh, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Brethren, might might we just, as a body, individually, uh, take a look at our prayer life? I said it before, I think one of the most, I, I, I would say the most important meeting of, the, of, of our church services is Wednesday night. To come and pray. I mean, I love hearing, I love hearing the word of God preached, but I, I love praying with people. I love being around the, the people of God and, and, and praying and just casting our care upon him for he careth for you and for me. The power in prayer And yet we think, again, Lord, I've got this. I can handle this, Lord. When the problem gets a little big, when, 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 it, when I'm starting to get up to my nose, then I'll come to you. What else can I do but pray? <laughs> oh, again, it needs to be our first response. Take everything to God in prayer. Everything to the Lord in prayer. Again, come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help in time of need. Amen.